Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 805 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, there's a group of uh, truck drivers who support uh, the former president, Donald Trump, and they've announced that they will not be driving to New York City as a means of expressing their disappointment with that civil fraud judgment in which... Donald Trump has been fined $350 million. Right. Uh, this all comes in response to Trump being barred from operating his business in New York for at least three years, being uh, found liable for more than $350 million in, in damages in a civil fraud case that was brought against him and his family and the Trump organization by New York Attorney General Letitia James. Mm. Now, the New York judge, Arthur Ingoran, he handed down that ruling Friday after uh, several months of a trial that began in October, stemmed from James's lawsuit that accused the former president of inflating his assets and committing fraud. Mm-hmm. And paying significant sums of tax in the process. Well, yeah, nobody was, no, there's no victim here. In fact, the banks were all paid back. And in fact, one of the banks actually testified on uh, Donald Trump's behalf in this case. Right. Well, as a result, many pro-Trump truck drivers across the country they're not taking this ruling lightly. Uh, here's a quote from uh, from a Chicago Ray. Yeah. He says, uh, I'm just one of the many millions of truckers who believe uh, God and, and, and love this country. Uh, Chicago Ray wrote on X, I stand with Trump because Trump stands with me. Yeah. Truckers for Trump. It's interesting when you see the power of social media and how one guy like this, he, he gets on the video, uh, puts it up there on Twitter, says, I've been talking to, on the radio, talking to drivers for last hour and a half. And, uh, you know, I've got at least 10 so far. Come Monday, they're going to refuse to take loads into New York City. I've had other guys that have been arguing with their bosses saying, we ain't going into New York Monday. So, I mean, I, it's, and then just kind of started snowballing from there. Yeah. I think it's great. Chicago Ray is his name, huh? Chicago Ray. Well, what do you think of this uh, this court ruling, this judge's ruling, and uh, and how it could affect uh, well other business leaders in this war in this uh, in this country? I think it it, it really uh, it's a problem. It's a terrible precedent to set. You know that if you build up your wealth and you pay it all back to your commitments to the banks and your buyers and your mm. sellers, you do everything you're supposed to do. Just some judge who doesn't like you for your politics could completely you just throw out an arbitrary number. And deflate everything, yeah. everything you've worked your life to build. Yeah, I agree, man. Here's uh, here's Chicago Ray. He's in his uh, Peterbilt right now. Friday, uh, because it went viral, went on TikTok. Not because I don't stand by what I said, because I do. But you know, Chicago Ray, come on, Chicago Ray. Um, I, I'm not no look. I'm not no figurehead here. I'm not no uh, leader of any movement. Not going on any podcasts or, you know, doing any GoFundMe's or anything like that. You know, I'm who I am. All right? I hear chatter. I let you guys know what I heard. And, you know, that's what it is. I, I'm, I'm hearing it now. Yeah, he's here. He's right here to, uh, to you know, stand up for Trump, is oh. what he says. Oh, man. Truckers for Trump. Oh, I, I love it. I, you know, there was we had that... Uh, 
The truckers, they, they took a stand down on the border, what, a week or two ago? Mm-hmm. Now they're taking a stand here. You know, I, I think that the, the impacts, if any, will be minimal. But it is nice to see, you know, regular folks just taking a stand once in a while. And over something that matters, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, not, not something nonsensical that doesn't matter. Or, you know, uh, f- narratives and hyperbole that, that aren't really ju- based in reality. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a legit thing that they're that they're arguing for, and I I respect it. It is eight oh nine. Listen, Texas is building a, a a military border base. It's already under construction there at Eagle Pass. Governor Greg Abbott says that base is needed to counter the wave of illegal immigration, and the federal government's not stopping it. What you see now is the first stage of construction has already begun on what is eighty acres. Uh, of an area to be built out for this base camp. Yeah, it'll house uh, National Guard troops. The governor says uh, they're now staying in hotels, which is rather expensive and and many miles away in some regards. Uh, KSAT went out to Eagle Pass to talk to some folks about this military base that's being built there now. Razor wire Humvees and Texas National Guard soldiers. All are now part of daily life in Eagle Pass. It's really bad that it looks as if it was a war zone, said Sergio Ortiz. It was among several Eagle Pass residents we spoke to after plans for a new military base were announced. Governor Greg Abbott says it'll sit about six miles from city-owned Shelby Park. The state took over that park earlier this year and continues to deny Border Patrol agents access. He's doing it because he's running again. This is what I did. This is what I tried to do. And I think Abbott is, I don't know, I don't, I don't think he's helping us at all. This is an empty field right now, but the governor says come mid-April, they'll house 300 Texas National Guard members here. When it's all said and done, they'll have up to 1,800 with the capabilities of bumping that number up to 2,300 during migrant surges. What this is going to do is to dramatically improve the conditions for our soldiers. It will increase the speed and flexibility of the Texas National Guard to be able to respond to crossings. Border crossings hit a new high in December with nearly 300,000 reported, but U.S. Customs and Border Patrol says those numbers dropped by 50% in January. You credit the razor wire for the decline. You don't think Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's meeting with Mexico had anything to do with that? Uh, Of course not, because as everyone knows, uh, it's not Mexico who controls the border. It's the cartels who control the border. Secretary Blinken met with Mexican officials in December. Since then, Mexico has deported migrants found riding trains headed to the U.S. John Paul Barajas, KSAT, 12 News. New York's governor has told uh, business owners in her estate uh, that there's nothing to worry about after Donald Trump was fined $350 million and temporarily banned from engaging in commerce in the states when he lost that civil trial Friday. Well, in an interview with the New York radio show, The Cats Roundtable with um, the supermarket billionaire John Castamitas, uh, Kathy Hochul, the governor, sought to quell any fears in some of the quarters that, well, that the penalties handed down to Donald Trump for engaging in fraudulent business practices could chill the state's commercial climate. And asked if business people should be worried that the prosecutors could do that to the former president. Well, they could do that to anybody. Hochul said, law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because they're very different than Donald Trump. In other words, in other, in other words if you're a rich entrepreneur and you own a business in the state of uh, New York, you better not try to run against any Democrat in political office. Because they might come after you this way. Yeah. 
That's what I heard. Is I that mean, what you heard? It, it seems pretty clear to me that, yeah, we, we'll, we'll go after you if we think that you're big enough of a threat. She added that the fraud case against Donald Trump resulted from, quote, really an extraordinary, unusual circumstance. In other words, guys running against Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. Hochul's comments were directed at some New York business leaders who said that they were concerned well, that the Attorney General Letitia James' case against Donald Trump could deter business and investment from coming to the state. Hochul noted that James's case demonstrated how Trump and some allies obtained favorable bank loans and insurance rates with inflated real estate values. Well, the governor said most New York business owners were uh, honest people, and they're not trying to hide their assets. They're trying to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. No. Uh so what do, what do they value Mar-a-Lago at? Was it like nineteen million dollars or something like that? That's what they said uh, back in the you know back in that time frame in which they you know was in question. And and Trump is accused of saying it was worth what like six hundred and forty something million dollars something like that. I'm not quite sure, but yeah. And well, so let's say that where were they? Where where nobody was complaining all those years? He was paying significantly more in taxes. No. State of New York was. Was just, I'm raking in the dough. Sure. And now all of a sudden it's a problem. Well, why don't we go back and find out who who benefited from you're, all that tax dollar I, tax money that Donald pumped in there all those years? I think what you're saying is the state of New York is culpable in his fraud. Sounds like it might be. If he committed fraud. That's right. Well, the governor said most New York business owners are honest people following the rules. Hochul said that most business owners uh, would not merit state intervention. I like the way she said most. It means insinuates that some, right? Well, and, and certainly it leaves the door open for, uh, you know, us moving the goalpost and then going after you because we don't like the way you did this. Well, the, the court, here's a quote from the story. The judge determined that Donald Trump did not follow the rules, is what Hochul said. He was prosecuted, and truly the governor of the New York State does not in any way have any size of a fine that he would uh, have to make sure that they don't have to, you know, you don't have to have that level of interference. Uh, Trump, who, uh, who denied any wrongdoing the case and maintained that there were no victims, now has 30 days to come up with a non-recoverable $35 million to secure a bond, a third-party guarantee against his real estate holdings to show that he can pay the full fine if uh, if his appeals fail. So that's the legal process that's coming up next. That's me, like, since he, he he's so overpaid in all his taxes that the, the state of New York actually should say, Mr. Trump, I'm sorry, we apologize, we owe you money. That's what I hear. Let us pay that $35 million bond because we actually accepted... A whole lot of tax money from you that, that you apparently weren't supposed to be paying. Yeah. So uh, here, here you go, Mr. Trump. Here's a big fat check for you. That, that, this is what we owe you at the state of New York. Now, he could put $355 million into an escrow account, uh, but that would get uh, you know but that would get the money back if he wins in his appeal. Well, either way, the ruling is, uh, is a blow to uh, the developer, the politician, whose sense of uh, self, according to The Guardian, is tied to his financial success. And James has said that Trump is actually in line to pay more then four hundred and sixty-three million. Uh, when interest is uh, taken into account, how about that? How about some lawfare? How about that? And this is on top of that whole eighty-three plus million that he was ordered to pay, and that whole E. Jean Carroll defamation case against him that she somehow won, which I still don't buy. Mm-mm. But uh, this the the legal bills are racking up quick for for the the former president, who by the way is leading in all the polls over everybody. Still. The wall just got 10 feet taller. Yeah, how about that? Uh, yeah, and uh, either way, according to The Guardian, the ruling is a blow to the developer, the politician. In September, Trump's former lawyer, uh, Christopher Keis, argued in court the decision against the ex-president would cause irreparable impact on numerous companies. It would also threaten a 1,000 employees within the Trump empire. 
Uh, but the judge, Arthur Ingoron, uh, who found the former president liable for fraud and assessed the fine uh, and the three-year uh, disqualification from doing business in New York, dropped an earlier ruling to uh, dissolve all of the companies that Trump owns uh, in the state that could have led to uh, a liquidation. Yeah. Mm. You know, there are some people on the left, and, and I see the text messages that come in and say this, and probably some people listening right now. They truly believe that Donald Trump is going to be in an orange jumpsuit by the end of the year. Yeah, that won't be happening. No. That won't be happening at all. No, 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 no. But I do think that they are going to continue to work overtime to make sure that it is not Donald Trump who who wins in November, no matter what it takes, whether it's draining him of every cent that he has, mm. uh, you know, tying up all his time in courtrooms in multiple mm-hmm. states, uh, and making it so you can't do business. And so not only can you not do business, but your sons can't do business here in New York either. I mean, you know, things like that. Uh, it's they're, they're really, really working hard. Which is why sometimes I kind of got to look at it and say, you know, I, I, is Joe Biden a bigger threat to the average American than, say, like Vladimir Putin? I mean, you know, what, what Putin does has no effect on my life day to day, right? Putin's not the one that's, that's, that's trying to throw his, uh, you know, Republicans in jail. That's, that's, that's Joe Biden, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, you know, for, for protesting. He, he's not leaving the southern border wide open, right? That's Joe Biden. Not, not not flooding the country with millions of people who are illegally here. I mean, no. So I, I think there's an argument to be made that Joe Biden is one of the most dangerous men in this nation. It is uh, 823. Uh, you could jump in at 512-836-0590. Yeah, this migrant surge is fueling uh, national security concerns. We've seen a lot of news reports about the number of uh, Chinese uh, immigrants, illegal aliens that are coming across the border, military age. Uh, you got uh, several governors in sanctuary cities, or rather mayors in sanctuary cities, that are now doing their own infighting, busing uh, illegal aliens to other sanctuary cities. It's, uh, yeah, it's chaos. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, it's expensive. And, and yeah, the U.S. government should be the ones, uh, you know, controlling this border. And they're, well, I guess they are. I guess if you think about it, they're controlling the border with their own policy, right? Sure they are. Sure they are. And they're really doing everything that they said they were going to do. They're following through on their promises down there. Exactly, sure. exactly what what is going on is is exactly part of the plan. This was all written up this way. Yeah. Uh, so we're 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 fighting against that which was already set in motion long before Joe Biden was ever president. And I don't know, you know, I, I mean, I, even let's let's say Donald Trump wins. I mean, can he really fix that problem down there? I mean, he he struggled too, even when he had that's control of everything. That's a great question. That's a good point. Yeah, jump in at 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. And uh, Griff Jenkins on the border. Uh, what's your name? Milad. Milad, why did you come to the U.S.? Uh, why coming to U.S.? No? No, English. Okay. Where are you from? From Syria. Syria? In English? So, so. Why are you coming to the U.S.? Why come? Because we uh, we love America, and uh, we need uh, a nice style, a nice life. Yeah, uh, coming for jobs? Yeah, a nice job, a nice uh, because uh, our country uh, uh, very weird. What's your name? Danny. Danny. Good luck. Thank you. Where are you from? Ahmed. Syria. Syria? Too? What's your name? Ahmed. Ahmed? Ahmed. Uh, same question. Why do you come to the U.S.? Uh, I'm Spanish or Arabic. Where are you from? 
Yeah, from Syria there. Yeah, yeah. Things are bad in their home country, so they decided to come here. Well, you know, I, I mean, I buy that that there that there were. If I know if I lived in Syria, I, I would want to. I'd want to get the hell out of there, and and certainly America would be the shining beacon that I would look to most likely. However, you know, yeah, it's also a dangerous part of the world, and we've got a uh, a lot of people that don't like us that could come straight over here and up through that border. So you know, you, how can you how can you tell? Eight thirty three here on the Todd and Oz show. Jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley, she said late Sunday that if elected to the White House, she would pardon the former president, Donald Trump, if he was convicted of a federal crime. Asked the question directly by an audience member in the Fox News town hall in South Carolina, in South Carolina, rather, and she once served as a governor there. Haley said a pardon would be in the country's best interest so that Americans could work to uh, leave the negativity behind without being further divided. And she looked around recently. Jump in at 512-836-0590. She says, quotes, if you're talking about pardoning Trump, it's not a matter of innocence or guilt at that point because that means he would have already been found guilty. I believe it's in the best interest of bringing the country together. I would pardon Donald Trump because I think it's important for the country to move on. Fair enough. Does she think if there's no pardon, then the country's not moving on and bad things happen? Is that what she thinks? Well, it sounds like it. I mean, I, I can't imagine that that her pardoning of Donald Trump were, were to come to that is going to be a, some uniting force because you'd have half the country that would, you know, be be in an uproar. They'd start rioting and 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 setting fire to cars in the middle of Philadelphia. I, 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 you, I don't think that it's going to have the result that she thinks. So, I mean, I think it's fine, I, fine and dandy, and, and I would agree. Were he to go to go to prison and she became president, that yeah, uh, 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 I think it'd be great to pardon him. Here's what she says: We got to leave uh, the negativity and the baggage behind us. I don't want this country divided any further. I don't think it's in the best interest uh, for the American people to have an 80 year old president sitting in jail and having everybody upset about it. I think this would be a time that we would uh, need to move forward. And get this out of the way. You think she's just saying that because she, she's way behind on the campaign trail? No, no, she is one of the progressives that believes that Donald Trump will be in an orange jumpsuit by the end of the year. Seems to be, yeah. yeah that's, she, that's not going to happen. I really don't think we're going to see that. I, I'm with you. I, I really just don't think that's going to be a thing. Well, Trump faces uh, a slew of uh, criminal indictments, including two from the federal court brought by uh, uh, special counsel Jack Smith. Uh, despite the, some of these challenges, Trump remains uh, the party frontrunner. And in fact, in in uh, in pick of the category, there's several categories this morning where Donald Trump does better than uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, a lot of them, actually. Uh, you know, most of the polls are showing Donald Trump you know, beating uh, Joe Biden. There was This is a new ABC News Ipsos poll, and it asked the question, who do you trust, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, to do a better job handling? And under the economy, Donald Trump. Crime, Donald Trump. Uh, climate change is Joe Biden. He takes that one. Inflation, Donald Trump. Immigration, Donald Trump. Gun violence, Donald Trump. Of course, uh, Biden takes abortion there. You've got Israel and Hamas, uh, the whole Ukraine thing. Uh, let's see what else. I, 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 you've got I mean, a lot of different things. It looks like Americans just trust Donald Trump to handle better. Yeah. And I, looking at the way that, that these last three years have gone for us under this guy, how could you argue that i yeah. mean you know it's it's certain certain you know constant left-wing uh, topics are all you know abortion and 
uh, things like that that obviously Joe Biden just trounces Donald Trump on. But that's, you know, most of the stuff that really, really matters. Donald Trump wins big. Well, uh, Michigan could be uh, the kingmaker in 2024. That according to Fox polling director Dana Blanton. Here's what she says. This is Poll Paris with Fox News Director of Polling Dana Blanton. We just released a battleground survey of Michigan. In 2016, Donald Trump won there by less than half a point. In 2020, Joe Biden won by less than three points. And it looks like this year could be another close one. Our Fox News survey of Michigan voters shows Trump up by two points over Biden in a head-to-head matchup. Trump gets 47%. That's the same as the vote percentage he received in 2020. Biden's at 45%, down five points from his vote four years ago. That's mainly because of drop-offs among some traditionally Democratic groups. Biden's numbers in the survey lag by 25 points among black voters. And he's off pace by 12 points among those under age 45 and off by eight points among women. At the same time, Trump is overperforming with those groups. See all of our battleground surveys at foxnews.com forward slash poll. Yeah. I'm Dana Blanton. That's your poll parade. All right. Some of these categories, including crime, you know, uh, this poll of uh, the crime is the focus. Uh, and Joe Biden and Donald Trump, uh, you know, it's who, who did this poll? This is ABC News. Okay. Ipsos. And, and, and Donald Trump comes out better on the economy, crime, inflation, immigration and guns. Right. Wow. Right. Uh, and it's pretty significantly, like on the economy, for example, you've got uh, 43% to 31%. You know, 43% Donald Trump say, you know, absolutely uh, he, he'll handle the economy better. Crime, I, I, I mean, all you got to do is look around and, and know that certainly anybody, sure. anybody, a dead body could handle it better than Joe Biden has handled it. Inflation, things were, things were, things were humming under Trump, haven't been humming under Biden. So all this, you know, gun violence, I mean, I, that one actually, that gun violence is fairly close. Trump 33, Biden 32, and then 31% say neither. So that was a pretty split issue. But I mean, these are big, these are these are big issues that that matter at when people go to the polls. But 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 Joe Biden does good in what category? Joe Biden does good in abortion. That's it. Uh, That's it right there. Well, abortion and. Uh, Health care also, they, they okay. say, they give him that. All right. Interesting side note here. Uh, there was a question about uh, should uh, should the DOJ, should Robert Herr have criminally charged Joe Biden? And 38, the majority, 38% said yes. 38 to 34 said that he should have been criminally charged. Interesting. I, I just, uh, if, if, if you believe the polls, because, you know, there's, there is the question of how accurate are the polls. But if you believe the polls, and each one seems to be fairly consistent, mm. I mean, it, it, things just, I can understand why the Democrats are so panicked and terrified right now. It is 839. Jump in at 512-836-0590. We can't keep doing what we're doing, and we are on an unsustainable path. That is Austin Police Association President Michael Bullock in a conversation with KVU. And uh, every city sector is understaffed completely, you know, big time. Yep. Uh, we're, we're down about 600 police officers. And uh, Michael Bullock is highlighting some certain times of uh, the past week where we had a really, really shortage of police officers. Mm-hmm. During Thursday's city council meeting, four of them had to show up from the downtown sector to, uh, to deal with the unruly uh, DSA kids. Yeah, the local PLO. Right. Yeah. And uh, had to calm them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that left us with just two people, two officers to respond to 911 calls in the in the downtown area. And uh, and, and Michael Bullock is highlighting uh, another sector, East Austin, in which uh, there was a couple of hour period over the weekend, I think it was. Yeah, Saturday. Where they had nobody. 
Mm -hmm. Nobody. We had an entire sector that went two hours without coverage because we just recently had to do some staffing rearrangement so that way we can adjust to having fewer officers. Yeah, there you go. Now, uh, yeah, that's not good. And I mean, uh, according to Bullock, and, and he's not the only one at APD, I've heard say this, but I mean, the, the, the staffing levels in the city of Austin, the Austin Police Department, are where they were at, in 2006 when we were a much smaller city. Things were very different now. And, you know, you've had all these uh, things go on with the city council in recent years. That's made it very, very, I, I don't think it's a place that people want to come to to be a cop the way they used to. Sure. Well, uh, not to mention, uh, you know, uh, maybe East Austin is uh, the part of town that really doesn't want police. Could be. I know that a lot of people that live in East Austin disagree with that statement. Absolutely. They, do. They, uh, they want the crime cleaned up. They are the ones that called 911 in a time of need. But by and large, that's that's the activist, uh, you know, place, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, East Austin, the whole the whole sector, zero cops for two hours, and you know, it, uh, unfortunately, it's it's the it's the anti cop activists that continue to get their way that leave, you know, people in neighborhoods like East Austin completely vulnerable with mm. no cops because you know, if you've got six cops and they pull four away and now you've only got two in downtown and then three things happen all at once what do you do you know i mean there's a, there are a lot of a lot of bad things that could happen jim and uh, is, uh jim is in southeast austin this morning jim what's on your mind hey listen thanks for taking my call yes sir hey i'm with the i'm with the trucks on that and i'll tell you what we can't allow this kind of political activity activist uh, activity in New York against the president. So I tell you what I'm doing, and a lot of my friends are doing it, all my relatives are doing it. We're boycotting everything that goes to New York, anything. We aren't buying anything. We aren't going through New York. We aren't going to cruises or flights through New York. We're doing everything to boycott anything that has an address in New York. We don't pay, and we don't do business with it. And an example of that, I was going to go to the Bahamas out of New York. It cost me about twenty-five grand. I changed, canceled that. I'm now going out of Miami to the Caribbean. Cost you twenty-five grand to go to the Caribbean, man. That's an expensive yeah, trip. Twenty-five yeah. grand or twenty-five hundred? No, twenty-five thousand because I'm taking all my family oh, with me, gotcha, and gotcha. we got sweets. Gotcha. So that makes sense. Point right. is, yeah, we're punishing. I'm going to punish him. We're voting with our wallets, and that's the way, and all the people that are with the former president, we need to do that. We need to punish these states. They're out of control. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate that. California, right? Is in California, right? Am I guessing, right? Yeah, you're so right. you got to get that right. Yep. Some craziness happening in uh, California politics. Yeah, so San Francisco has apparently appointed a non-citizen to its elections commission. This first time... She herself cannot vote because she is not a citizen of the United States. But the newest member of the San Francisco Elections Commission, which is a seven-member civilian body, mm -hmm. is uh, Kelly Wong, an immigrant rights activist believed to be the first non-citizen. Uh, she uh, Apparently, this is the result of a 2020 voter-approved measure that removed the citizenship requirement to serve on San Francisco boards and commissions and advisory bodies. Um, and, you know, there's... You don't have to be a citizen of this country to vote in school board elections over there in San Francisco. May, that may be a California thing, but uh, but definitely in San Francisco. That's bad. So they're pushing that here. This is just the next little step forward, as because you know we've heard this is the this is the big this is the beginning. This is the breeding yes. ground for uh, for something that I mentioned about a month ago that that it hasn't caught on yet. But you're going to hear more of it. Critical immigration theory, mm. where you're looking through uh, this world, you know, a prism of the oppressed and the oppressor. Mm -hmm. 
The oppressor is the citizens of America. Right. The oppressed are the non-citizens of the world. And, uh, and and you could see it playing out right here in uh, politics in San Francisco. Well, and, and for a long time now, Democrat-run cities or, or jurisdictions, uh, especially over there in California, have really made hard pushes to expand voting rights for people who are not citizens. of the Whether, whether they're here illegally or not, if, if they're not a citizen, they still want them to be able to vote. You know, hoping to capitalize on the large number of people that have moved over to California from other countries, legal or illegal. Um and courts have largely struck down those pushes, but somehow San Francisco's system has continued to stand up amid the court challenges. Well, listen, uh, the voters of San Francisco deserve this. They will get what they deserve. Sure yeah. they do. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, TK's in Ron Rock this morning. TK, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, real quick, just want to go... San Francisco, good boy. Um, <laughs> let's let me go back to a comment you guys were talking about the Michigan polling. And I'm going to highlight a phrase that we have to... I think we need to be very careful on incorporating the language of the left, quote-unquote, gun violence. Right? A gun is an inanimate object, right? It's a hunk of metal and polymer that can't do anything unless someone picks it up, right? And I think those that use the phrase, and I'm not blaming you guys, but those that incorporate that phrase gun violence want to focus on the gun. We don't call... It's true. We don't call drunk driving car violence. That's true. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, so, no, no, you're, you're, you're spot on. Any, anytime that phrase gun violence comes up as a topic... We should push back on that basic premise. No, that's people violence. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's yeah. crime. That's it's it's violent crime. It's crime. It's homicide. Exactly. Yeah, right. it's, that's a good point. Right. That's it, guys. Yeah, Thank you, thanks, man. TK. Appreciate that. Appreciate it, TK. It's a good point. That so, is how that particular uh, topic was posed. You know, who do you trust, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, to do a better job handling blah, 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 and gun violence? So that's how it was posed specifically to the voters. But he's right. He's right. It's a, it, it is just a violent crime. Problem. Listen, the uh, the controversial Fayette power plants. I don't know why it's got to be controversial. We all need electricity, right? And it's done a pretty good job for us. Fayette, Fayette power plants done a pretty good job. I mean, for the most part. Well, anyway, uh, it's in the crosshairs of uh, of Mayor Kirk Watson's latest letter. It's it's time to get rid of the Fayette power plant, or at least uh, Austin, Texas, getting out of the Fayette power plant. Mm -hmm. uh, Watson says the city needs to uh, needs a concerted focus on getting Austin away from this plant power plant altogether. Lisa Martin with Austin Energy recently said, "Well, that's." That's easier said than done. Austin Energy has not been able to find an affordable exit to the Fayette Power Project. Texas and Austin are experiencing increasingly extreme weather events. They haven't found a reliable source to get away from it. That's yeah. what she means by that. Yeah. Uh, the Fayette Power Plant has been a moneymaker for Austin. It has been. I mean, just last summer, it was... You know, we had those major sweltering temps just day after day after day, and it was one single day in August last year. The Fayette, the Fayette plant generated more than $11 million wow. for, the, for the Austin Energy Utility. Well, you know, the city has a goal of being carbon-free by 2035, and Watson says the Fayette power plant is responsible. You ready for this? 75% of the supposed greenhouse gas emissions in Austin, Texas. Well, he does say that. He did. He did. And, and in fact, he went so far in that Watson wire to say that uh, he wants us out. He says there's nothing we can do that's more profound or effective in combating this issue than getting us out of the plant. That right there is the most profound thing we can do to save the world from Austin, Texas. Who says the Fayette Power Plant is responsible for 75% of the emissions in the Austin area? Is it just the Watson Wire that says that? Uh, I've not. This is the first time I've heard it, honestly. I've not heard it anywhere else. Seems ridiculous, doesn't it? It does seem a little large, yeah. 
Uh, considering that you, in, in every other breath they'll take, they'll blame it on you for driving your car. Right. Like, well, your car That's is what I mean. the reason. Well, That's what wait I mean. A minute. We keep on hearing it's other things it's causing. But now we learned that the Fayette power plant's got to be shut down. It's destroying the planet. It's creating 75% of our emissions here. He wants it closed by, by I, I, actually, I thought it was the end of 2029. He wants it closed by January 2029. Yeah. So just under five years from now, it's got to be closed down. Well, what's his plan to replace it? With what? Mayor? That's what, what I want to know. Some gerbils uh, running in a trail to, to create energy? What? <laughs> so that sort of thing? What do you What do you got in mind, Mayor? Well, and, and don't you think that we're, we're going to need a, a hefty, meaty power generating source to, to charge all of these batteries for all these electric buses, the city, for AISD, for any other school district? I mean, we're going to need, we're going to need more than... Uh, Sometimes I just don't think the city's looking far enough ahead going, wait a minute, if we electrify everything, how are we going to how are we going to charge everything? I mean, where's that going to come from? This this is a uh, you want to shut it down, you definitely you better make sure that you've got something equally as robust in its place. The Todd and Oz show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.